0: All right, guys welcome back to blood sweat and gear with coaches skip hill andrew barry and myself scott mcnally all of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com use our code think for additional savings. You get high quality, third-party tested supplements over there, great protein powders, every awesome carbohydrate you can think of, including highly branded cyclic dextrin, which I think is gonna come up today. Check out uh, supplementsource.ca for our Canadians. I saw the Meadows Recovery product over there a while back now for like 20 bucks a tub. They have label changes, short dated oh. stuff. So pick up what you can get over there. Tell them that we said hello all Canada. It's all everybody, Canada, supplementsource.ca. You guys go check that out. Uh, And of course, thank you to everybody from Patreon. We've got a topic today. We're going to discuss intra-workout carbohydrates. And We talked about this a while ago. It was an episode that you weren't with us, Skip. If I recall, because we've talked so many times now, you're not a huge intra-workout guy from what I remember, but remind me and then I'm gonna share my ideas and Andrew's gonna share his ideas. We'll talk all what we think about using intra. I am with insulin.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lay it on. Without us. it. I'm pretty much a intra carb with insulin or I am no intracarb. And okay. I have admittedly not the vast majority of the years that I have trained have been ninety five percent no intra.
0: I thought you're gonna say um, natural.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> I I was natural. I have a couple natural uh, shows there in Michigan where I was legit natural, but that was back in, like, 32, 33, <laughs> during the right. Depression. Yeah. yeah. No one was going to show it? up, so I knew I could win. Yeah. So. <laughs>
2: well, why don't we talk about why someone wouldn't want to use intra-workout nutrition first. Right? Okay. Yeah. Because. I mean, I can think of a few examples right off the top of my head, you know, one being someone just doesn't like having fluid volume in their stomach. Like, like maybe That's they'll new. do a few sips of water. Yeah, like they just don't like the feeling of, you know, ingesting anything, especially if it's sugary, because a lot of times people get like that dry mouth when they're drinking something sugary mm. and um, – and it just kind of aggravates them, or especially if you're having like a hard leg day, they start to kind of feel nauseous and they're spending more time thinking about throwing up than they are focused on their training. Yeah. So I, I could totally see that as you know as a valid reason. And I listen to my clients when they say, hey, I don't feel good while I'm training. And the first thing we'll do is we'll lower the intro if I have not doing it, or we might even pull it right out. Um, and yeah. usually we just end up pulling it right out. Like for instance, you know Nate's my training partner. He doesn't do an intro workout because for that very reason, he doesn't like, how sweet you know the highly branched cyclic dextrin and cluster dextrins taste, and they kind of make him feel like he needs to drink more and more, and then it leads him feeling like he um, like he's just not able to get an effective workout that way. So I'm I don't have an intra workout in his plan.
1: Mm-hmm. That was part of my issue. I it would make me feel full. Gastrocamping was not good, and it would depend on the what those intra carbs were. So I'll go on record and say that I hated waxy maize and I still do and the best way to explain it and I and I won't say who it is who argued with me blue in the face because we would argue all the time his name rhymes with say Ponte Um, (laughs) I was waiting for the smile from both of you so I'm not gonna say who it is okay but it does rhyme with that you take waxy maize and you put it in a shaker cup and you let it sit for only three minutes, what happens? Comes out of solution. It all comes down. Now, it may not all come down, but it starts to come out of solution after only a couple minutes. I always argue that that's what it did in the gut because the gut, though there's movement, there's not enough movement, in my opinion, to keep it from coming. And if it comes out of solution at all, then you're going to have – an issue with emptying you're gonna have an issue with it being assimilated and it just would weigh so heavy on my stomach so there that's the one thing so i have i, I have intracarbs that i tolerate very well now but there's a caveat and that brings me to number two i need to get my last meal roughly two hours or slightly more than two hours before i start training and I start ingesting my intracarbs because if the if the meal is too close, then it's going to have a similar effect in the sense that it's going to sit in there with that food and it's just going to weigh me down. I'm not saying that it's not being used. All I'm saying is it makes me feel heavy. It makes me feel kind of distended, that sort of thing. It just doesn't. Sit well. I would much rather, even with insulin, though, and even with the two-hour gap, I would much rather not use it, based entirely on how I feel when I train, from a gut standpoint. But the reality is, is I benefit tremendously from the intra with the EAAs and uh, with the insulin. The other thing that people need to remember too, just because I guess I'm going to throw in a third, is you do need to have enough water. It needs to be diluted enough so that it's not heavy and it's not thick and it doesn't feel like literally food in your stomach. So
0: just to give a little bit of background on intra workouts, and I know that all three of us had used this in the past. At least I would be shocked if we didn't. Um, Decade plus ago, more than a decade ago, we were using dextrose intro workout you guys use dextrose to start yeah we'd use dextrose and then mix in some ea or some bcaas like that was Mm -hmm. the technology at the time and you could also use multiple dextrose
2: yeah we go back one step further i was the idiot who would combine dextrose with whey concentrate okay Okay. not not Um, a full scoop but 10 grams of of um of whey concentrate along with dextrose powder, okay? Yeah, yeah, okay. So you can imagine how that feels.
0: Thick, that was, yeah, Mm -hmm.
2: and and (laughs) probably not
0: that delicious either. But so we went from there, and then there was also maltodextrin, and I found personally that the higher I took dextrose, the more it would affect my appetite post-workout. And I know that people have had digestion issues. Some people get diarrhea if they just start slamming a bunch of dextrose into your workout. I never had that problem, but I've heard that's happened. And then from well, there, we got into the whack.
2: Go ahead. Well, I was going to explain why, right? Because, okay. like I mean, I think this is a good point to talk about it. And this is where this whole topic came up again, because one of my clients, who's a good client, is also coaching athletes. And a question came up about, I have them do an intro, and I always list what I want them to take. And then I think he was kind of thinking in his mind, oh, any old carb would work. And he was just doing plain Gatorade powder from Walmart, you know, which is pretty much 100% dextrose. And I explained to him the whole reason, and and, and I should go back a step further and say, he was describing exactly what you were were saying. He was ingesting the dextrose, feeling a full stomach, and it was taken away from his workout, right? Yeah. So the whole reason, and you got to think about the molecular weight of the carbohydrate. With dextrose, it's somewhere around 80 grams per mole, right? On the other end of the spectrum we have say waxy maize which is let's say 120,000 grams per mole and then on the further end of the spectrum we have um, cyclic dextrin which is somewhere in the 200 to 400,000 grams per mole what does that mean right we're talking about the molecular weight and that and it affects the osmolarity of the product meaning how quickly that product will run through your digestive system and enter the bloodstream right yeah and something like dextrose There's a lot of little particles in there. Water's going to rush in from the exercising muscle, from the rest of the vasculature, into the digestive system to help digestion. So you're sending a mixed signal to your brain. You're trying to exercise, which is sympathetic, right, fight or flight. You're trying to do your max lifts, and you're sending a mixed signal at the same time saying, hey, we're also trying to digest a meal, which is a parasympathetic action, rest and digest. So you're sending these mixed signals to your body and your brain saying, we don't know what to do. We should go throw up. We should crap it out. We should just kind of sit here and try until we feel better. So that's kind of the whole reason why we're moving toward, we've had, we've moved from dextrose to these other high molecular weight carbohydrate sources. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We moved to to the waxy
0: maize next. And then from there, we finally, I guess the best would be the highly branched cyclic dextrin and and they're better at, uh, at, at, at attaching to uh, amino acids, too, right, for mm-hmm. for shuttling that. So, I mean, you may have picked up a few aminos from dextrose, a few more from, uh, you know, one of the either I would put like Vitargo and Waxy Maze kind yep. of in that same boat, you know, and then moving on to the yeah. highly branch cyclic dextrin. We're just freaking scooping that stuff into the muscle, basically. Mm-hmm.
2: I would rate it from, say, like dextrose and maltodextrin to waxy maize amylocell to vitargo and then carbolin and then cluster dextrin, highly branched cyclic dextrin. Ab- absolutely. And the cool thing about the cluster dextrin is that it creates the, the, the carbohydrate structure is almost like a cone shape, and it kind of pulls electrolytes, um, other small molecules. Molecular, yeah, aminos, um, sodium, potassium, all those other things. Uh, creatine, it pulls it with it. Through the bloodstream into the muscle cell, so it kind of acts like a net in a sense, um, and it's actually it's used uh, some of these some of the cyclic dextrins are actually used in uh, different sprays for Febreze, for Febreze, for example, yeah. You had to help bring the aromatic compounds, so you smell them at a farther distance, yeah.
0: Oh no, Febreze to it it uh, it's not so that you smell it in Febreze. It it locks it up so that the the cones will oh. like attach to the. The smells and then basically fall into the carpet. So when you spray Febreze, the smell goes away.
2: So I'm no, thinking of something different. No, it's it's yeah. I mean maybe that's another mechanism, but no. It carries it carries the aromatic compounds so that you smell them further distances. So you're like, oh, no. this is clean in here. Like they they've cleaned.
0: Yeah, with Febreze, I'm not, I'm not saying that
2: what you said wasn't true as well. Though.
0: Yeah, we're talking about something different then. Yeah, because I heard it was Justin this Harris who had talked about properties.
2: this. Mm-hmm. Slightly yeah, you, different properties. Yeah, it was just. I Harris see what you're saying.
1: You guys are coming at it from a different. Andrew's talking about yeah. the smell of the actual spray. You're talking about the, the action the smell of. that you're trying to hide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's. I'm sitting in the middle and I'm watching you guys come. To <laughs> ends of the well, no, I'm saying yeah. it probably.
2: I'm saying it does both. I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I, I hadn't heard what's yeah. said before, but I right. agree that it makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I agree with, with both of both the statements. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't
0: thought about it from the other side of things and how that would work. Uh, anyway, though. Yeah. So dosing, guys, what would you say? So if we, we'd, we'd probably all be in agreement that if you can afford it highly, you know, like a cluster dextrin, highly branched cyclic dextrin would be, a, you know, the best route to go. It's not going to affect your digestion as much for most people. Um what would we go for for dosing on something like that to
1: start Oh that's easy 8 units of insulin and 50 grams <laughs> 50 grams of carbs <laughs> Sorry I just for some reason I think that's hilarious but whatever <laughs>
2: It's, it's so individualistic, though, right, because, like, someone's digestive system can handle 150 grams of carbohydrates in a workout. I've done as much as that at one time, and I felt great. Obviously, insulin was being used at that point. Yeah. Um, but then there's some people that need to do, like, 20 to 30 grams tops, you know. And I also want to say that you don't need to be a 100% with let's say cyclic dextrin, like a lot of times, because cyclic dextrin is a lot more expensive than, say, a dextrose powder, I tell people, hey, we need to experiment a little bit. If money's an issue, maybe we go 80-20 in terms of concentration, right? So if we're doing 50 grams of carbs intra, we'll try 40 grams of cyclic and 10 grams of Gatorade powder, and we'll go from there. And you might be able to move that cheaper carbohydrate source up without any digestive issues. It just takes a little trial and error. Yeah.
0: So, but where would you start for somebody? Let's say so you had somebody come to you and they're like, hey, you guys are going to decide like, okay, 40 would be the start?
2: Yeah, without insulin. I, I want to see what 40 does first and how they feel on it, how their pumps are um, without using, say, an insulin source, you know, right off the bat. And then, you know, I'll probably start bumping it up from there in 10 to 20 gram increments. Um, as far as a limit, I mean, like I said, like, I mean, when I first started, I was taking 50 grams and then eventually I was up to 100. And the next thing I knew in a real big push, I was up to 150, you know. Yeah. Um, so so I think just small incremental changes, seeing how your body takes to it um, is the way to go. How much water did you have? Because uh, I, I did the
0: like 150, I think 200 was the highest I ever went. And that was back when mm-hmm. John was first really pushing. John pushed the boundaries with with intra-workouts, you know? And at the time, he was talking mm-hmm. to Shelby a lot about that, and they just kept driving it up. So, and, we were literally and walking too. around with, like, gallon jugs.
2: Yeah, he did a lot of talks with Milos, too, at this, uh, around that oh, time. Oh, yeah, Cause, yeah. Because uh, I remember I had to take an interview and then copy all the notes down between the conversation and turn it into a PDF for John to use for, um, like bullet point notes and talks. And, and, um, and even like his programs that he write for people, but, um, yeah, no, I think, I think that like, it, cause then it's like, well, when do you throw the insulin in? Right? Like when do you experiment with the insulin? And, and I think the biggest pushback we always get from people when you mention insulin is like, Oh, I don't want to do anything dangerous. Yeah. And I think it, similar to the, the topic we had a few months ago about um, T3 use, Yeah, it's like, look, if you use it intelligently, and by intelligently, I mean you understand that one tick on an insulin needle is one unit, and you don't mm-hmm. overdose, you're going to be complete. you shouldn't even <clears throat> notice it. You shouldn't even right. – you shouldn't feel hypo. You shouldn't – it shouldn't be a factor that, oh, shoot, like I'm feeling like I'm going hypo because you, you've adjusted the dose correctly, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's a kind of a rabbit hole too with the insulin, because we were we're talking about intra. We're not really talking about insulin, but now that you brought ass, up the insulin Skip. Dumbass brought it up exactly. <clears throat> and I think that it should be noted that it's not a process of when you're using an insulin pre-workout, it's not a process of how much can I tolerate pushing the dose up as as much as possible. You're, I approach it more with a I'm trying to make the process more efficient. I'm not trying to maximal, you know, get as much insulin in me as I possibly can. And I think sometimes people they tend to lose sight of that or they just that's just their their approach. They would think, "Oh, the more that I can tolerate the better." As an example, I mean, I have a there's a limit as far as how much fluid and how many carbs I can actually get in me. Anyway, when I train with or without insulin because there becomes that that feeling of, I just, I have too much in me. It, I yeah. have too much. I feel bogged down. I feel heavy. And it's funny that you said it cause I feel the same way. It's gotta go somewhere. I mean, you can either feel too bad or you're going to throw it up or it's got to go somewhere. Well, like I was asking you, Andrew, and
0: I think that maybe our connection isn't awesome. <clears throat> uh, but oh, I, I, I would, when I was asking about like pushing the doses up, how much water did you use when you were doing like the 150? Oh, okay.
2: Man, it was probably all. It wasn't as much as you guys were using. I heard you say something about a gallon jug, but yeah. it was probably closer to like two liters. I would say. Yeah, that's yeah, I don't I think I was 50. using.
1: Yeah, are you? I can't go yeah. less than that. It just gets too heavy. It at two liters, I can get fifty grams of carbs and EAAs and arguably some um, electrolytes in there and not f- have it feel heavy. But again, I have to have that gap of that two hours. Sometimes it's two, two and a half, I guess, if I'm being, yeah. if I'm being honest. Yeah. If it starts to get over that, then I don't feel, I don't know. I feel empty in my stomach. Yeah. Uh, if it's too close, I feel full.
2: Yeah. You, the other thing, you know, like well, I was going to say, you know, like my process with using it, Involves you getting about 25% of it down the hatch before you even do your first working set. So, you know, you get to the gym, you you take your Schmichelin, and you start immediately sipping your intro workout while you're doing. You know, if you're an old guy like us, you're doing six different warm-up rehab exercises. So there's 10 minutes right there. Um, talking to your buddies for the gym for two minutes, you're ta- getting a few extra sips in while you're doing your first warm-ups. Uh, you know before you on, on your first exercise, that's you know, three four five six minutes So by the time you get to your actual first working set, you should have 25% of the carbohydrate in your system I think that's a pretty good way to do it because you're not so sympathetically driven yet in terms of, of, of the actual work mm-hmm. You're doing you're, you're warming up, right? Yeah, you're, you're switching from parasympathetic to, to sympathetic um, it gives you time to get a good chunk of it in without causing any of those digestive issues. So then you have less of a load to drink during your actual workout. Um, I think that does help as well.
1: I'm a little different. I don't get 25% down, but I don't want to go against your rule because I think it's a good rule. I think I'm kind of the exception. That's my – because I've tried that. I've, I've tried to get up. I can't. I literally have to – there's a couple things. Number one, I don't want to run out. <laughs> I, I almost always – want to leave the gym with some some there just in case and especially on a leg day or a session that is going to go longer and is going to go harder depending on the you know the commute and just the amount of time involved so it is individual i guess that's more the point that i'm making but i do agree with that kind of a kind of a rule if you will i think for the vast majority of people that would work well (laughs) <laughs> awkward silence what,
2: what say you scott
0: i i probably about the same as you andrew try to get in that first 20 25 percent before i'm actually in, into training before i actually am hitting that first working set and then i try to finish it about the i'd say finish it at the beginning of if not during my last working set and then same. plan to have food available you know when i you know like basically and the nice thing is with highly branched cyclic dextrin i'm starving afterward but i also found um one thing i've noticed about me personally when i was using insulin regularly that hi- if i were to start going hypo highly branched cyclic dextrin never catches it for me i needed dextrose with it or mm-hmm. i would still go hypo regardless
2: mm-hmm.
0: It was just it didn't but have to I, be a I would lot agree with that yeah it didn't have so, to be a so lot
2: actually that's one of the to, to your point, actually, on that, because I noticed that as well, that's why I always tell people to keep a dextrose-based source of carbohydrate, like a soda, a Gatorade, um, yeah. mm-hmm. some of the kids' candy, like in your gym bag or in your car, just in case. And I also tell people, like, if we're using insulin and Intra, I make sure that they keep their uh, glucometer with them, because I want them to test themselves and experience and, and put a feeling to the number, if you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Because being 72 and being, you know, 54 are very different feelings and, and levels right. of feeling. And I, I do think it's important that people kind of start to develop that sixth sense if you're using intra-workout, insulin, um, and, and those types of things so that they can plan accordingly if, if they need to. And I'll tell you what, like, it's rare in an off-season that someone will go hypo. It's always in a prep situation. And I know right. a lot of people pull intra-workouts out during prep situations. I, I go the opposite way. I, I think it's time to put it in more than anything. John did. Uh, Um, too right if we're not yeah oh yeah i mean obviously that's where my influences come from that and um but 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 i will find you'll find this that as you get leaner and leaner and you get more insulin sensitive you get done a workout those 82s start to creep to 69s and 65s and and then the desire and the uh, uh, availability to eat uh, needs to be met
0: yeah yep yeah i can see that all right. Anything else we want to mention on this topic? Anything you guys can think of that we haven't covered? I'd say, as far as water goes, I, you know, we talked about amounts, and I would say mix it thin. You know, you don't want it to be whatever you do. You don't want it to be like a real strong, concentrated right. flavor. You know, I almost feel like just the flavor itself is is kind of a trigger for digestion, and I want it to be almost like a if like. Like I, I use uh, Crystal Light in my water sometimes, and I I just want it to be like a twinge of flavor. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I let my EAA flavor f- it because my carbs are not flavored ever. Okay, for that reason. We
2: maybe also talk about what other things do people put in their intro workout? You know what what you know? What are some other things besides the carbohydrate? Besides the essential amino acids? You know? Do you guys throw other stuff in there for your intros?
0: I'll say this: only my electrolytes. I, it might go against. Okay, maybe it doesn't go against. Skip. I was going to say that I try to keep stuff away because I think sometimes there's the thought of you, let's. So if we can push these, you know, carbs into the muscle, then we should start pushing in a bunch of creatine and all sorts of other stuff. For me personally, I since I don't want to trigger digestion. I'll try to get those things in pre-workout, you know, like let's get the creatine in a half hour before I train if you're going to use that. And if I'm doing like a, a pre-workout, maybe it would be most of my citrulline would be there. Maybe I'd put a little bit of citrulline in it. But for me personally, I want to try to keep as little as possible so that I can, like what we're trying to do is hack digestion. You know what I mean? We're trying to hack the system so that we don't get that trigger. So that's been my mindset all the not saying that that's the only way to do it. So I'm open to, if you're, if you do something else, Andrew. Uh,
2: I think the only other thing I do throw in it would be like creatine monohydrate, typically, obviously electrolytes, you know, I I use a product. We make at granite called recovery, which John obviously designed with cyclic dextrin, EAAs, um, essential amino acids. Um, There's a little bit of sensorial ashwagandha in there, but then um, I, I do throw creatine in there at that time because... I mean, here's, here's what would be my argument against taking the creatine pre-workout. Okay. Is that creatine's an, creatine's an amino acid, right? What do you need to get amino acids into the muscle? An insulin response. So I would argue that, you know, and, and it's not, this this could be a difference of five to 10%, right? But <clears throat> I would argue that taking them with the uh, intra workout, increase in insulin release would um, push the, the, the creatine into the muscle more efficiently. And being a small molecular weight water soluble thing, I don't see it causing an issue with digestion. Like it probably in way that a it, yeah, in the same way that an intact protein would, or um, yeah, but yeah. I just don't yeah. see it as now that again. If people say, "Hey, since we added the creatine in, I'm starting to feel like different," you know, yeah, just, I'm feeling like some rumbling. I'm like, okay, let's pull it out. We'll take it at a different time. No big deal, you know. And I think the biggest take home message message is to you know start with something. And then gauge your progress from it, you know, start with, say, 20 grams of cyclic dextrin and 10 grams of EAA's, and see how you feel on it. And then maybe bump it up to 30 grams of cyclic dextrin and 10 grams of EAA's. Yeah. And then you can keep building on it until you <clears> find a point where, hey, this just isn't working anymore. You know, I'm starting to feel like I need to run to the restroom.
0: What's the yeah. highest you guys have ever taken your EAAs to?
1: Probably I don't know, 25 high. grams, I think. That's funny. I was going to say 20. I yeah. don't know that it's necessarily yeah. high, but I'm like, you know, and it's one of those things that you can't really quantify. You can't yeah, analyze. It's more of a digestion thing, and you're going by how you feel, and it, there's really nothing that's going to go, wow, this really works. Or, yeah. Damn, those work.
0: EAAs are kicking in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I'm not a creatine
1: exactly. guy. I haven't taken creatine in 15 years probably. It's just not something I tell I my just, clients the same I'm like, you can take it if you want, but it's not a deal maker or a deal breaker as far as I'm concerned, and you know, not bad, not good for what it's know, worth. Bad.
2: For what it's worth, I threw it in because Granite sends it to me for free now. Now that we release it as a commodity product,
1: well, and I have this note. It's funny that you say about free. I have this note in in new clients' plans that when I talk about the supplementation part, I say, and I'm paraphrasing um, to make my point. I get all of my supplements, anything I want in the Mm. quantities that I want for free. And these are the things Mm. that I recommend because I could just take a boatload of stuff and I just don't think it's worth it. Now, that's not to say that True Nutrition or any other nutrition company out there puts out bunk or garbage things. But as an example, I don't use pre-workouts because anything that has a stimulant in it is going to mess with my sleep because I train later at night, even though I'm up at night too when I get home to work. And I cannot use anything like a beta alanine or anything like that that will hit my nerve pain. And that's part of the reason that I have not used a pre-workout longer than I have not used creatine. I cannot, I don't trust them, I don't know what's in them, and there's usually more in them and I don't need something to hit me. My excuse is always, if I don't feel like training, I'm not training. Yeah, It doesn't Uh, have anything to do with a (laughs) pre-workout. I started creatine again um, just because it is
0: cheap and there's the research now about brain health. And that's mm-hmm. so for me, I'm like, yeah, you know what, if I get an extra pump out of it, that's great. But if I, I nowadays I just take it because it is so like it's flavorless. Right. And I keep it mm-hmm. in a little glass jar next to my coffee maker and I just put it in my coffee in the morning now. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I get it one way or another with your collagen. Interesting. Yes, exactly. Do you know yeah. that I have my <laughs> collagen tub, my uh, yeah. the two tubs right there. And actually it would have just been like probably in a True nutrition bag. But Victoria is classy, so we actually got like glass containers that sit on the counter that look. Yes, yeah, so I was more not adult.
1: allowed from a young age when we moved to Evergreen that I could no longer have. It was a rule stated by my wife. That I could not have protein jugs on the counter anymore. I like the way, you know, they're nice. It's like
0: you're, it's your, that's your
1: price. But yeah. you know, you got
0: your, you, especially when you have to pay for them. That's like, I'm proud to have you, that out there. You know what I mean? Do you guys, her thing, you guys remember, she said, uh, no, she didn't want
1: anybody walking in the house thinking I was a meathead or thinking anybody in there was, a, she goes, I don't want anything bodybuilding related up on the walls or anything. The only thing I had was a uh, um, uh, Marilyn Monroe picture in the bathroom. It was a black and white and it's a classic. Uh, over the toilet that in the main bathroom that was her doing those little tiny dumbbell dumbbell presses. You were allowed uh, to have that. I was allowed to have that because that was a yeah. It, it, and I mean, it, it wasn't like she fought me on it. Right. It was right. just that I, I agreed. I'm like, you know what? I yeah. really don't need jugs on the counter and and that sort of thing. You know, yeah. we're raising kids. I don't need people coming over going, what, what's going on here?
0: Well, that that jugs for my syringes. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
2: Do you guys remember the? I think it was in like the Project Super Heavyweight DVD when uh, Justin Harris had all his like cyclic dextrin and protein like on the washing and drying machines. I don't oh, offhand, yeah. but yeah, that's going. I back. feel like yeah. it was those videos, but it was like yeah, like he would go and he'd make his intro and pre workouts, and he'd be scooping stuff on the and the his wife would come in and change the load while he's doing it. And <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: i got to go back and watch those. We should do some sort of uh, uh, reaction video to that. We've been doing a bunch of reaction videos. So if you guys can think of anything we do a reaction video to, that would be fun.
2: I, only because it's a hot topic right now. That kid... Um,
0: Sam? Uh, oh, Sam
2: Sulik. Sulik, yeah. right? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Everybody is talking about him left and right. and They really I, are. I've only seen like one vi- yeah, I've only seen one video with him in it. But, uh, yeah. How yeah. did this Indeed. happen?
1: Can somebody explain what... <laughs> what happened you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of the the really hot chick the really hot random chick at a football game who there's just a video and she's in the background and this perfect thing happens and they it just goes viral and then she gets sponsorships and endorsement and everybody's paying attention and i can't figure out why
2: yeah but that makes sense no that makes sense skip that makes absolute sense
1: because <laughs> this doesn't That's make you. sense. Apparently, I can't figure it out. This I, one, what sense. it is?
0: I, I know what it is. I think I know what it is. I think it's that uh, you know a lot of the and it's a lot of the younger people that we talk to on an, a daily basis are. So programmed in that bodybuilding has to be this very specific thing, and that you need to be optimal, and everything needs to be perfect, and your sets need to look like this, and everything is perfectly controlled and calculated. And we oftentimes wear um, science like like a, a doctor's jacket while we're you know writing plans, and you know it's all spreadsheet bodybuilding. I think it's a th- it's it's a pushback to that, in my opinion. That holy crap. This guy can just eat a bunch of cereal and go train his ass off with whatever form he wants. And, you know, obviously, he's got good genetics. He's making progress. So there's that. But I, I do. I think it's a pushback to, like, the over-scientification, if that's a word I just okay. made so up. So that's Sorry, his Skip.
1: Shtick, essentially. He just does whatever and trains I don't, and a and just- I don't think it's a shtick.
0: I don't think it's a shtick. I think he's just a bro, Well, you know? He's a bro. I think it
2: probably started out as as a real deal thing, and I think it's become his shtick now. Like, he yeah. because you know what I mean of the popularity and the YouTube and all that stuff. And I know I know Fuad. I think Fuad pumps him up pretty big. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know. yeah.
0: But I think that's where it started, and yeah, who knows? But, Makes but, sense. It, and a lot of people were against him. So that kind of created, like, a lot of the older guys were like, oh, he shouldn't be doing that, and he should be doing this. And then there was a lot of pushback to the uh, older guys saying all of that. So, uh, you know what yeah. I mean? Right. Yeah. So now Well, and that's are- going
1: to make the gotcha. younger demographic latch on to that even more. So at least this is making more sense. I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know. The only thing I could get was he seems to, like, randomly like like i'll eat when i want i'll eat a lot and it's not great food and then i'll just train and he's getting big and that's the appeal i don't i don't know i mean i don't know enough about the guy to like him or dislike him other than i'm hearing like random people will ask me about his name and and it's kind of a Mm -hmm. unique name so it stands it's not like john smith and you're like who who is this guy (laughs) You, you immediately know you know, yeah it's it's sam something starts with an s sulak or sulik or mm-hmm. yeah. something like that i don't know mm-hmm. but i don't know enough about him to know so yeah yeah,
0: yeah. well that's my take you know and wish him luck and, and 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 here's the thing i think that that's where we all start you know like eating the mcdonald's diet and just shoving food in and lifting heavy yeah. weights and if he sticks with it um that he'll continue to refine it and you know probably pick up a how lot old of is things. he is he real young like a teenager I don't even know. I think he's like 20, 20 22 maybe is my guess. Okay.
2: Yeah. If I had to guess if I had to guess 22, 23,
0: I watched only one of his videos and it was actually a reaction video that Mike Isretel did. And it's really funny because I think that Mike Isretel was kind of being really careful not to, not to call him out because he, you know, like Sam got on a machine and he's doing these rows or something. And it was like, just the worst fucking bro you've ever seen. He's just like, "Ah, ah, ah." (laughs) he's just like whipping this weight around. And you know, the way Mike is like, well, you want to make sure that you compress, you depress the scapula and full range of, and he was like, well, Okay. So I can see some redeeming qualities about what he's doing. That's that's the way he approached it, you know? And he's like, he's got a you know, good head on his shoulder, he's a good kid, and I see him going places. Like he didn't he didn't tear him apart like I would have probably expected him to based off of the things that he believes in. You know what I mean? So I yeah. but yeah, that's yeah. the only video I saw of Sam was just him being reviewed by I, somebody
2: else. I, I think we can chalk it up to the simple I, and I use time with when clients will send me somebody doing something and they look like, the, let's say Branch Warren, right? Obviously trained really hard, but his form was probably more like the Sam Sulik train you're mentioning than, yeah. than the stuff Mike Isertel would recommend, right? Yeah. And I just say, look, genetics are the number one determining factor in success in bodybuilding, regardless of mm-hmm. the types of food you eat, the types of drugs you take, the type of training you do. Genetics are the number one component of success. And
1: right. so you better pick your parents. Yeah all right he's young and he's getting away with it good for him because i i'm sure we all did it i'm i can't i'm not gonna trash the guys i think that's
0: been the 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 bark back at anybody who harasses him about not doing things correctly people will say oh well you're just jealous you can't get away with that you know what i mean that's Uh, that's true and they
2: they would be correct (laughs) Yeah, exactly I would love to be able to eat McDonald's. I don't even like McDonald's, but junk food of some sort and train haphazardly and just kind of do things as I want to and maintain health and be able to grow unconditionally. That would be awesome.
0: That'd be the best, man.
2: All right. Let's wrap this
0: thing up, guys. We appreciate you being here. Another episode of Blood, Sweat & Gear with Skip Hill, Andrew Berry. I'm Scott McNally. Check us out over at um, you can go to BodyBerry.com. Reach out to Andrew. TeamSkip.com, you can reach out to Skip. McNally diets at gmail.com. And of course, nutrition.com. Use our code THINK, SupplementSource.ca for our Canadians. And thank you to everybody from Patreon. Comment over there with questions. Comment on this on YouTube so that you guys can, uh, you know, get uh, more questions on the show and we can keep making this thing. It's, it's, a, it's a give and a take, guys. So comment below. We'll see you. <laughs>